Welcome back to the Smart Driving Cars podcast. We appreciate you taking the time. This edition is sponsored by the Smart ETFs, Smart Transportation and Technology ETF, symbol MOTO. For more information, head to MOTOETF.com. Technical support is provided by CARTS, the Corporation for Automated Road Transportation Safety, a 501c3 nonprofit dedicated to safe and high quality mobility for all. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the Faculty Chair of Autonomous Vehicle Engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Hi again, Alan. Hey, hey, good afternoon, Fred. Good afternoon. And with us once again from Sweden is consultant and publisher of The Dispatcher, Michael Senna. Hi, Michael. Hi, Fred. Hi, Alan. Great to be here again. Uh, great to have you each month. This is This is getting to be regular, and I love it. And we're glad to see that you've recovered from that bout with COVID that unfortunately interrupted some summer travel plans. Oh, there's always next summer. Right, <laughs> right. If the well, fish are still there. They'll be there. The September edition of The Dispatcher has arrived and your focus is on another political battleground, the building and maintaining of roads. Now you have a, a sidebar set up to the article that points out that in democratic countries, small groups of people or even individuals can stand in the way of needed roads or maintenance because they object to cars, period. As usual, you give us a wonderful history lesson here on the building of roads. Michael? When I, when I started writing this article, I started preparing for it a couple of months ago. Um, the focus of the article was going to be on tolls, how, how we pay how we pay for roads. And I was going to discuss the, the whole issue of, of, of paying for roads using tolls versus the way that we've, we've paid for them in the past and, and discuss the issue of tolls in the, in the, in the light of, of whether they're progressive or non-progressive and how they affect different, different groups of people. And as I began collecting the information, understanding that I've over the, the last nine years since I began working with on the on the dispatcher, I have written about tolls on many occasions, sometimes eliciting some feedback, people saying, yes, totally agree with you. They're 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 a regressive tax and we shouldn't have them. And other people saying, you know, they're they're the best ways we could find today to to pay for roads. The people who are using the roads should pay for it, et cetera. So I thought I really have covered this subject and, and what's what I find is we're not discussing as we as we concentrate on should we have tolls or should we increase the, the gasoline tax or should we have taxes that are used that are paid at the pump and that are used for other purposes like like public transport. We need roads. I start out by saying we even even if you don't think we need roads. If you've had a problem and you're, you're home and you need an ambulance, that ambulance isn't going to arrive by air unless you're, unless you're someplace in the outback. It's going to arrive on, on four wheels and it's going to take you where you need to go on those four wheels. Just a little side here. We've had over the last couple of weeks, we've had protesters gluing themselves to the surface of a motorway that, that travels right through the middle of, of Stockholm, stopping all traffic. 
this this is a motorway this is this is like an interstate driving you know driving through the city of stockholm gluing themselves super glue to the surface of the motorway because they're protesting climate change we've already had one instance instance two ambulances were not able to get to the hospital in time to prevent further complications by the people who were in the ambulance 10 people eight eight people who were part of this this these demonstrations have now been brought they've been they've been put in jail and they're going to go to go to court they'll probably get released um but their point is you know we have to stop traffic well <laughs> police getting to to help people and, and ambulances and dump trucks and i mean uh, garbage trucks we fire need trucks, roads for right. all kinds of fire trucks we need roads for all of these purposes it's not just people who were who were doing something that they could per easily have done by taking a train or by taking a taking a bicycle you're not going to get to the hospital on an on electric scooter i'm sorry you're just not going to do that you're going to get there in an ambulance or you're going to get there in a car so the more i thought about this the the I tried to focus on on <clears throat> what what is the problem? We're we're seeing the issue of roads in light of a, another issue, which is cars. Yes, cars drive on roads, and cars cause emissions. At least cars that are are a lot older than the, than the, the cars that they're selling today. But over the course of history, we've used roads as as we've as we've developed as human human societies we've used roads as part of that development as our societies have grown and got more complex they've gotten larger from 150 people now to you know, 30 million people in a in a single location roads are the way that we communicate trains came in for a period of time airplanes have come in We've had other types of transportation, but but roads we've had from the beginning of time, whether they've been people walking along them, but eventually the, the carts and the carts getting bigger and eventually cars, cars and trucks and, and, and so on. Roads are a necessity. Now, if we had vehicles that hovered, we wouldn't necessarily need to have a, a, a surface on which they, they traveled but we would still need a right of way you know we can't drive around buildings a bit and if we like in the and the the different movies that we've seen where they've got taxis up in the air you know that's that's a nice idea but it's not going to happen within a within a short period of time so what i've said was that that we've lost we've lost the focus that we've that we should have on why we build roads there's a there's a need there's a necessity for roads and that necessity has to somehow be fulfilled. If we don't have roads, if we don't maintain, build them and we don't maintain them, we have to figure out ways of, of accomplishing those objectives that roads satisfy in other ways. And today we don't have those other ways. The other part of it is the right. You know, who has the right to take the land that's necessary for the roads. In times past, 
those rights were were granted or they were assumed but once the right was was given the road was built and then people found the way of of how that road was going to be paid and how it was going to be maintained i mean starting back with the romans and i think that that, that i think that's the reason why in the article i've tried to provide the background how all of this has come to where where we are today and the third part of it is the will you know we have to if we're going to do this we have to we have to want to do it and and the want and the need are somehow connected if we have large groups of people who say we don't need roads that implies that they don't want roads they want to do something else other than what we do today on those roads so as i said in the at, right from the start we shouldn't be focusing on the the issue of tolls versus non-tolls we should be focusing on what is the purpose of this road that we're building what is the need for this particular road in order to ensure that it's maintained properly because if you if you don't maintain the roads like the old roman roads after when the when the rome uh, when rome fell eventually a lot of the roads just went into disuse although you know dig far enough down and they're there and you can you can start using them tomorrow if you wanted to because they were built so well but if you don't maintain them they're eventually they're going to they're going to you know turn into to a, a lot of weeds how we think about roads affects our willing willingness to pay for them and i bring this back to the same issue that we have with a lot of of things that are related to transportation we're 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 losing focus on what it is what's the purpose what's the objective you know our objective isn't to build electric cars our our pur our purpose and objective is to reduce emissions and if if you if you can separate these two you can solve whatever problems you're you're you have much more easily than if you try to put two or three sets of objectives together and call them you know the main objective and that's what i've tried to do in this in this particular article well you do get into some issues uh, related to tolls i guess the congestion pricing mm. michael uh which uh maybe migrating from some european cities to new york city yeah well i think this this is a, it's a perfect example one of the, one of the reasons why i i changed the focus of the of the article um it, it's almost like we have to do certain things because someone think thought that this was a great idea it's like the you know the paris thing with i don't know who was who was the originator but the mayor caught on with this you know the 15 minute cities city and then you know the 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 linear city we'll talk about it a little bit later that's been proposed in saudi arabia there he's talking about the five minute city you know you can get anywhere in five minutes well in paris they're gonna the objective is to get anywhere in 15 minutes well new york in 1900 you could get anywhere in five minutes you know pretty much on your on your on your feet because that was the only way you were going to get there and if you needed to get to whether it's a church or synagogue or or to your to the butcher or to wherever you needed to go you needed to get there within a reasonable reasonable time otherwise you know <laughs> you know you're going to have to you know take an overnight trip so that's an it's an old idea and and that that old concept of how cities work and if you want to bring that all back you're 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 going to a period of time when things were 
were quite different. And this kind of nostalgia for people being able to get up and do everything that they wanted to do within a, a certain period of certain you know, radius of where they, where they lived. Everybody did that. Whether you lived in the country or you lived in a small village or you lived in a city, everyone did that because there was no choice. You didn't, you didn't spend 45 minutes in a, in, a, in a commute on a train because there weren't any trains, there weren't any cars. And as those things, as those things appeared, then things changed. Going back to, going back to, to a time when, when things aren't the way they are today is, is uh, I don't want to say it's it's retrograde, but it's 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 not it's not thinking in the right way. We we we're, we're losing track of what what the objective is of of just being being alive. You know what is it we're trying to do? Are we we are we trying to 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 save our 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 own lives on a planet that may not want us to be living here anymore because we've done such damage to it? And that could, we're not saving the planet. The planet's going to be here. We're not going to be here. What what is our objective? And this that's why I've tried to focus on if if a, a road is necessary for a functioning city or region, then that there should be consensus on that. And then now we now let's look at why this has happened. I mean, I, and I made this break in in the 1960s, the late 1960s, and connected it to a period when. We began to have the the um, environmental studies, where where things all everything every decision that was going to be made was going to be made on the basis of of a consensus of community involvement of discussion, and to a certain extent, what what that's led to is a much longer period of. The, the, the time it takes to get things done, things that are necessary, and by the time that they actually get built, oftentimes these they're not they're not they're not dimensioned or they're not built to the same standard. So what we've we've done is we've lost a period of time when we could have had something, and now we've got in many cases. And I look around Boston, there there are roads that that forty years ago they they were meant to be connected, and they're still there. You know, dead dead ending in 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 places. So there, there's this that break and, and this this extends also into to many of the other areas that we're that we're involved in with with emissions and cars and transport in general where the will is questioned by who has the right and whether whether the whether the state a state or a, a country or a group of people or community who has actually has the right to decide what should be done and then if, if there, we don't have consensus, if we can't come to an agreement, we have a deadlock. And the result of that is that you know, things don't get built the way they should have been built. They don't get, they don't get maintained the way they should have been maintained. And you know, then we have problems. It's, uh, very, it's very difficult. I mean, the idea that we should all think the same way and all agree on something, whatever. I mean, there are different distribution of opinions about about anything and um, you know uh, trying to make something good for everybody I don't know um, maybe we should give it up or something like that in the end um, this is this is what we get and um, can we make it better I don't know I, as you point out in there we can go to where 
you know, one individual and one government, the, you know, the the benevolent uh, dictator, uh, you know, is is uh, is the best solution. Um, it's not well, the best is, it, Well, I think it is as long as I'm the benevolent <laughs> or no. as long as I agree with no. the benevolent, I, I'm a happy camper. But, you know, if, if, I'm, if I don't agree with it, well, let me define benevolent. So this is, this is, you know, this is where we are that, you know, for a long time I promoted personal rapid transit system, automated systems that we would build in guideways to provide mobility for everybody and so on and so forth. And, and, you know, and at some point even thought that if you build a new city, somebody would build one of these things as part of it, because, hey, if you're starting with a clean sheet of paper, you should be able to do that until you come up against the issue that, that you pointed out. Um, are you going to have fire trucks on these things? Is this the way police is going to respond? Is this the way the ambulance service is, is going to respond? And, and you get down to, you know, why do every, you know, new development, new, new suburban development have a bunch of roads out there required the developer to put in roads is to do the basics, uh, the fire, the ambulance, uh, the police and so on, mobility aspects of, of that. And so once you provide the roads to do the basics, then you say, hey, well, I might as well do everything else with them. You're going to make me put in this secondary system that is even more, maybe more efficient and so on. No developer is going to do that. And no community organization in there is going to say, hey, we're all going to get together and build in some additional infrastructure. We already have these roads. And guess what the developer gets to do? It gets to force you to go out there and buy the car and pay the gas tax or whatever the heck else you have to do to take a, to, to use that. But it's on your nickel to get yourself out of there. Otherwise, stay home and, uh, and <laughs> stay home and vegetate. But if you then for your own personal uh, uh, desires and your own personal quality of life decide that you want to go to X, Y, Z, it's on you to do it. And, you know, if you if you can walk it, walk it. But if you look at what society has done right now, if you look at any meaningful trip in the United States, any 90 percent of any meaningful trip other than, you know, take by walking is taken by people going by car. OK, let's 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 stop. Let's hold yeah. it right there. Before cars. You didn't take those trips. You didn't take them. You didn't no. go. You, you so, didn't, yeah. you know, we, we can say bef, bef, if you want to have the, what you had without cars, then take away the trips because you can't take away the cars. Yeah, right. Yeah. You, you don't have to go if you don't want to. If you think that you going is going to screw up the environment, don't go. Yeah. Uh, if you want to keep everybody else from going because you don't want them to do it, then, you know, you're imposing your whatever quality of life your your objectives your desires on somebody else yeah i don't know and, and, I, you know get out of my face and to claim I'm, I'm sorry <laughs> yeah and to claim that you're the claim that you're doing this that that like the people who've glued themselves to the to the e4 in stockholm to claim that you're doing this in order to preserve the planet for future generations is saying that 
those lives are more important than the lives of the people today. The person dying because they weren't able to get to the hospital yeah. is not relevant. What's relevant yeah. is that we save future generations. Now, that, that we, that's something that we can actually have a discussion on. I mean, if someone was running a, for president or, or prime, prime minister or, or, or senator, yeah. you know, they could have a debate about this. What's, what's, but I don't see this. I don't hear this kind of discussion. Yeah. What's important? What are we trying to do by not building roads, by not maintaining roads, by, by having discussions about how are we going to pay for this and how are we going to pay for that, rather than saying, do we need it? If we need it, then we need to pay for it. Now, let's figure out the best way of doing it. One, a good ex one example, when, when we were living in Gothenburg, now we've, we've moved from there 12 years ago, but just before we moved, people, good people of Gothenburg, city of Gothenburg, decided that they were going to have a congestion charge because Stockholm, Gothenburg is the second city, Stockholm had a congestion charge. They needed a congestion charge. Now, I lived and worked and drove around Gothenburg. They need a they need a congestion charge for traffic congestion, like they need a hole in the head. So that that wasn't the purpose. So they said, "Well, we're not going to use. This is not congestion charging. This is actually a tax that we're going to have in order to build a third crossing of the river that divides the two sides of the city." So I did a little, little, little arithmetic. You're really good at this. I'm not, I'm not that good at it, but I did a little arithmetic and figured out that if everybody, every soul who lived in the Gothenburg region contributed a certain amount of money, it was a thousand crowns, it's a hundred dollars each year because everybody in the community, whether it's a little kid or an old person, even if they're not using the road, they're going to benefit from the roads for all the reasons that I, I, that I talked about, ambulances and dump trucks and everything else. Taxis, if they contributed 100 crowns per year, 10, it's actually a thousand, sorry, $100 a year. And they did that for the, the period of time that they were going to have this. They could have paid for 10 road, 10 crossings of the river compared to what they were going to collect in this congestion charging, using a very expensive system and paying most of the money to IBM to be able to, to manage this system, they could have collected the money and done exactly the same thing. That's what I'm talking about. What's the objective? How do you, how do you solve the objective? Not, let's have a toll. Let's not have a toll. No, we don't like tolls. Well, we do like tolls. Tolls are great. They're better than having a, a, a charge at the gas pump. That's my point. Uh, you mentioned charging from uh, from uh, gasoline and gas tax. Gas tax. Um, in the United States, we're having a big question now with electric vehicles as to how we're going to collect some monies because the gas tax was really supposed to be paying for the roads, and therefore we're not going to have a a per mile tax and whatever or something like that, to, so that those that don't pay gas tax will have to pay, and everybody wants to do that. And as you mentioned, IBM benefiting from you know uh the congestion toll it seems to me yeah. that all the folks that are pr proposing all these other mileage-based taxes are all the gizmo developers who are get to put gizmos on your car and, and check over to me i always tell myself i look at, at the maybe the most elegant 
tax ever has been has been the the, the taxing of of the use of the roadways because you know by putting a certain charge on gasoline which is then proportional to the amount that you use and in some sense proportional to the inefficiency or efficiency to which you use it. The more inefficient you are, the more gas you're using, the more tolls you pay, the more efficient you are, the less gas you're using. And, you know, the, the incentives are absolutely all there. The charging of it at the wholesale level rather than at the retail level is like, brilliant. I mean, you only have a few places in which the money has to be collected and therefore is collected up front. And it's up to the whole retail sector to, you know, pull it out of everybody's individual pockets, which is all, you know, building it into the price. I mean, you know, you almost can't think of a more efficient and in some sense, uh, equitable tax to put out there. It's all about you know how how well or not well you use it. You go buy a, 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 a internal combustion Hummer, you're going to pay a lot. You go buy a you know a, a whatever that's very efficient, you won't you won't pay as much. But and, aren't and there equitable issues there too, Alan? Because whether you're in ten thousand dollars or. Uh, Eight hundred thousand yeah. dollars a year. You're yep. paying the same. Yeah, of course, there are always that issue, and the, the, there's yep. that that aspect of you can't get away. But in terms of if you're trying to promote efficient use and and someone to buy a more fuel efficient and whatever and and put less damage on the road because you have a smaller vehicle and a, I mean it all it all it's all beautiful. And now somebody's gonna try to figure out an algorithm that they put through a computer that they have to load up on your car. And I mean, you know, it's just, anyway, I just, I, mean, I just under, under the, the thought. Under the sub, under the subheading, they'll never notice if we add a penny to the price of the lemonade. Right. Um, I said, th this is a new business model was born, which has lasted to this day. I, I think it's, it was pure genius. I mean, the pure whole genius. concept was pure, totally pure genius, including the, charging for the license plates, charging an excise tax. All of this is sort of in the background. You don't have to worry about stopping to pay a toll or even now. I mean, yeah. even, even though it's, it's, uh, it's automatic, you still have to worry about whether or not you, you know, like they, I did. They, they put in the gantries and if they don't pick yeah. up your easy pass, they take your license plate number yeah. and it comes out and charges you $51 yeah. for going through it instead of a seven, which is what Delaware just did to us, which we're going like nuts. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the bill. To, I'm waiting for the bill to arrive from from uh, from Washington, D.C. But I, I totally agree. I mean, it's 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 you easy. Know, it was just they, easy, elegant. Yeah. And, why they and call it painless. Easy pass, that's why painless. they call it. Easy. No, that's not. Yeah. No, the easy. No, 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 it's no. The, no it's the, the, yeah, it's the tax. It's the gasoline tax. It's and all again. they had to do. The, the thing is that that I I wasn't I wasn't aware of the 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 huge differences in in state gasoline taxes. I mean, the federal gasoline taxes has been the yeah. same for quite some time, but the state gasoline taxes are are major. Yeah, and Pennsylvania and is is one of the highest, if not. Yeah, it's one of the highest, not the highest, but one of the highest. New Jersey used to be one of the lowest. We we've. we've uh, build it up it, in the commercial trucking sector has 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 dealt with this and dealt with uh, uh, making trucking companies provide records of the, the the miles driven in each state 
to redistribute the, the gasoline taxes or diesel fuel taxes paid by trucking companies. Because of course, you know, if you're doing an interstate commerce, what you what the way you used to game this thing is you fill up in Jersey and you drive in New York. Okay. But of course, New York got it and and the whole through interstate commerce and so on, set up IFTA, International Interstate Fuel Tax Association, that basically requires trucking companies to submit records each year as to the number of miles driven in each state and the amount of, of, of fuel tax paid in each state. And of course, you know, ALK, we, you know, we built a fuel tax computing system to make it easy i mean benefited from this but you can do this with corporations maybe that have fleets of trucks and so on and and, and make it easy for them to think you're going to do this easily for 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 consumers i mean make it like it's it's filling out your your income tax your irs income tax each year to determine how much how much fuel tax you're going to have to pay for what you've driven are you kidding me i mean none of us are going to do that we're going to be like greece nobody's going to pay that tax I sure. mean, they'll never be able to enforce it i don't yeah. think I, you know I, the, the I, other thing that i wasn't i wasn't aware of and and this was this was news for me of the 18.4 cents that we're now the u.s is paying at the pump uh only 10.5 cents is earmarked for roads right right and, and that, that i don't think that that's something that is broadcast but Reagan, Reagan increased the tax to nine cents with one cent going to the new mass transit account. Uh, that, was the breakthrough. that was the breakthrough when he yeah. did that, because yeah. because because up before that, it was to be dedicated to roads. And, and yeah. when and, and then the 56 le right, legislation. That was part of the brilliance there that they put that because they knew, you know, anytime there's there's <laughs> there's a pocket with money, everybody's reaching into that pocket. Exactly. And then George, President George H.W. Bush raised it by five cents in 1990 right. with half of the increase going to deficit reduction. Clinton raised it by 4.4 cents in 93, with the entire amount going to deficit reduction. Everybody, everybody, you know, padded. Clinton on the back saying, you know, you, you decrease the, the deficit. Well, he had four, four, four point four uh, and another another half, of, you know, six. So in the end, he's got eight point four that's going to to um, go into the government, but only ten point five is your mark for roads. I mean, because it was so easy to collect. Sure, of course. Of course. It was so easy yeah. to collect. I mean, you know, uh, and before that, they, they would write IOUs in Congress. They would borrow money from the from the Highway Trust Fund to do all this stuff and send an IOU. Now, whether or not all the IOUs have been paid back and so on, you you know, you have to do some digging. But but th these these changes sort of codified it, made it into you know law, and and actually you know it was a good source of money to tap. Without the necessarily roads calling and, it a tax and, increase. Yeah, and, and the roads the, and so on secret. and whatever, whether or not they got maintained enough, whether we should have built more, not built more, whether we should have steamrolled our way through more communities or not done that, da-da-dee, da-da-da, who knows? But, you know, the, the, my view, I, I've, I've always wanted to have a student do a, do a thesis as to, you know, 
why didn't we become a, a totalitarian government and you know in the in the nine in, in the nineties and so on and late nineties? All I sort of suggested is because we built the interstate highway system. We created instead of instead of fiefdoms in separate parts of the country, we provided so much diversity and mobility that in fact to try to you know to group people and and uh, into into uh, special specific groups and and not give a mobility uh, really uh, provided for the whatever harmony some people would suggest we don't have harmony i'm suggesting oh my goodness if we didn't have this uh, this mobility so that we can maybe maybe it's just on the west coast and the east coast and we have the melange of of different backgrounds and so on that and for in fact we we wouldn't have sort of the democratic structure that we still have but you know um the the amount of mobility and and diversity that was created by the system to enable um migrations and so on and intermingling i think uh, the, the interstate highway system deserves some, some credit for that otherwise we might have been very easily compartmentalized into gulags and who knows what i don't know take that and your let's talk about your well, linear well, city i want to i want to talk about the linear city i mean well, that's what we're you know do i mean and... oh that is so new and so <laughs> today a uh, smart city well, talk to us michael. michael talked about plans in saudi arabia <laughs> for this linear city and the headline is there ain't nothing new under the sun <laughs> michael and i have a i have two two readers who were in uh, in architecture school with me one both undergraduate and graduate who's currently the dean at the dean of architecture at the uh, at notre dame Stephanos Spalazoides um, and Russ Swanson, who was in graduate school, he was a couple of years ahead of me at, uh, in undergraduate, and we were in graduate school together. I got a note from Stephanos just after I sent out the uh, the issue, saying, "You know, the the this linear city is is totally brainless and and a complete waste <laughs> waste of money." And I and I wrote back and I said, "You know, I hope I hope that that's the point that I made in the in the article, but maybe I was trying to be a little bit too." Um, you know, <laughs> Too objective, and be careful about criticizing the crown prince. Oh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh my yeah, goodness! Sure. My <laughs> goodness. Uh, yes. Yeah. Now the the point here is that that uh, we've had we've had lots of proposals, including by two two of our professors at at uh, Princeton, Michael Graves and Peter Eisenman, with their New Jersey their New Jersey project. Um, Connecting, you know, through, connecting New York City down to Philadelphia and eventually into to DC, and none of these things have ever been built. But you know, there was after I put the the article, put the issue to bed. I read something uh, about uh, the climate of in the Middle East, not necessarily just Saudi Arabia, but the climate in the Middle East becoming so extremely hot in fifty years' time. That it that it probably won't be possible to live there, at all. So maybe this is the this is the way that the the 
the prince uh, is going to, you know, keep his kingdom together by putting everybody in one in one building and you know having a lower air conditioning bill presumably and you know forcing everybody to live in this however 105 mile long 168 kilometer 200 meter wide 500 meter high linear city with 9 million residents i guess why why would 9 million people want to live there search me I mean, you know, they they, don't, it's 180 degrees. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, are they, but are they forced to do that? I mean, why wouldn't oh, you yes. like move to Sweden? I mean, cut it out. I mean, this is like, 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 uh, it's, it's almost silly. Uh, it's just, it's just almost, it's almost silly. I, I, it is, but it's, it's, it's a complete waste of time and money. But I mean, and you know, to, if you're, to do if you're what the... to get to gain efficiency in mobility? Oh, the the main purpose is so that you're, everybody's within five minutes of a Michelin rest, a five star restaurant. Oh, oh, oh! <laughs> I mean, talk, oh that's the objective. Oh, okay, okay. If you have, this is an elevator bill. You go down your elevator. You get on the high speed high speed train. I, I you am, get you know you get anywhere I, in twenty I, minutes. One I end am, of the other, twenty minutes, and explain you, you, and, explain that elevator concept. To <laughs> no, 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 no. I understand, but but how many places does an individual want to go in whatever amount of time that you want? And really, and if you have enough money to pay for a, a, a what's happening, restaurant prices. I I don't see how anybody goes to a restaurant anymore. I don't know what's happening in Sweden. But oh my goodness, really? You're one, that is a quality of life that everybody is is so desiring to have. I, you know, I want to go back. I want you know have a little garden and you know and whatever and and just stay home. I, I, really? No. <laughs> I, I, that's <laughs> who are these folks and if you can afford all that you can afford to have everybody come to your house and make it for you and whatever i mean really I, and that's that's what gets me about most of these so-called smart cities concepts they are focusing on on improving an efficiency of something mobility to get to you know everywhere many places within X minutes at no mm. cause. Mm. And in yeah. fact, why in the hell would you want to go there? What is the matter with living in a small community and enjoying your community? Yeah. And maybe instead of going and making, I don't know, 20 long longer trips per whatever unit of time, why do I have to do these every day? Uh, can I make what I have around me very close as you know, something that I enjoy consuming on a daily basis. I really need all this variation, all these different, are they all rep? If they're all five-star Michelin restaurant, why do I need to go to more than one of them? Okay. You mean there's that there's really a five and a half star and a six star and a did and there's a well, French different, variety different and cuisines. Right. That's oh, it. <laughs> oh, I must. Oh my goodness! I mean the variation that I need to really. But you just think how easy uh, AVs are in a linear city, Alan. <laughs> If, no, if yeah, right. Evolve, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, the, yeah, yeah. yeah. It doesn't yeah, mention yeah, anything yeah. about cars. 
Yeah, well, there aren't any there because no you're going to take a choo-choo. You're going to take an elevator. I guess there are yeah. no cars. You're all going to go in there with everybody and whatever and whatever and whatever. And really, and, and, and then you're going to walk it or you're going to use your electric bicycle or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, Anybody just... going to go there? Nobody's going to. And if you're so darn good, why don't you just make your apartment in this thing, have all the things and and all the, the VR guys are, are going to say, put on a virtual reality glasses. Get out. I mean, just goofy. Good time. <laughs> good time to break. We'll be back. But this is a good time to remind you about our sponsor, the Smart ETFs, Smart Transportation and Technology ETF, symbol MOTO. To get more info, head to MOTOETF.com. On the website, look for a white paper. It's called The Smart Transportation Revolution. You'll find it under the Insights and News tab. Some great information there to help you make informed decisions about investing. ETFs, you probably know, can be a smart way to spread risk with investments and maybe focus on a particular category of stocks. The website, once again, is MOTOETF.com. We are back with more of Smart Driving Cars and our guest, Michael Senna, publisher of The Dispatcher. Michael, in the September edition, there's a headline that says, aluminum makes cars, China makes aluminum. And uh, this is just the latest story that you've written that relates to China. Yeah. Um, th this came about through an assignment that, I, that I've, uh, I've had small piece of piece of work related to um, looking at what, what are the what are the supplies of aluminum and where are they coming from and particularly recycled aluminum and how much of that it's being used in in cars that's it's quite a lot I mean the, the and relating the 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 use of recycled aluminum the increase in recycled aluminum to the increase and in, or the decrease in the in the weight of cars which is now being offset by the uh, weight of batteries. So for a long period of time, we were getting more and more efficiencies out of lighter and lighter cars. Even though cars were getting bigger, they were still getting, they were approximately the same in terms of weight. But then we started adding now batteries, which added, you know, thousand pounds to a, to a reasonable car or more to something like a Hummer. Um, Don't get Alan started on. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's, the more, the more you look at this, it's like the same old story over and over again. Looking at the, 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 um, the value chain for aluminum, you know, 20 years ago, China was, was a, made, a, made some aluminum. 10 years before that, it made none. 20 years ago, um, before it entered the World Trade Association, uh, yeah, it, it made some aluminum. Now it's, if you had all the aluminum production in the world, it's not equal to what China produces. China produces more than 50% of all of the aluminum. And aluminum is primary aluminum that's made from, from bauxite. And then there's secondary aluminum that's made from new scrap, which is when you're, you're making a product and you have scrap, you know, you're, you're grinding something and you have aluminum scrap, you collect all that up and then you re-smelt it. And then you have old scrap. So something has reached the end of their life or things that most like aluminum, aluminum cans, which are the most recyclable. Coors um, has a, has a, 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 a can re recycling 
can production where they take all of the, the, the not only their own cans, but cans that are from, from everybody. And they make the, the aluminum, like 75% of all of the aluminum that's in use, that's been produced since the time, the first time that aluminum was produced is still in use. And it's in use because it's, it's being recycled the entire time. Aluminum is one of the most recyclable. And then it turns out that China was taking all of our aluminum and using the recycled aluminum because it's, it's 90% more efficient from an emission standpoint and from an energy standpoint to make aluminum from recycling, recycled aluminum than it is to make it from the original bauxite. It's a very highly intense, energy intensive process. So I thought this was an interesting topic to throw into the, uh, through the, the dispatcher. And I hope people think it's worth reading because I, I found it very interesting to write about. It is, and, and in fact, in, in automobiles, you know, the, the, the fact that aluminum doesn't rust, uh, the, the, the life of the body, you know, an aluminum body is substantially better than, than, uh, than the steel or whatever, you know, the body manufacturers of cars have been. And in some sense, people could argue that the automobile companies, uh, the way they they really sold you another one is make sure the first one rusted out, or at least maybe it used to be that way in, back in the 50s or something like that. But uh, uh, not so much, but 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 the fact that making a car out of aluminum just increases its lifetime. We've known that with respect to airplanes. I mean, you look at airplane it, until we got to the the, the, the Dreamliner, you know, which they're making that out of carbon fiber, you know, those things were made out of aluminum since almost day one, I guess. I, I don't know when they started with aluminum in the aircraft industry. And, and that's why the, the lifespan of some of these aircrafts end up being so long is because, because of aluminum. China, meanwhile, uh, Michael, uh, you point out, uh, banned Teslas from the location of the annual Communist Party summer retreat. Alan Michael, Tweedy we can't still do that. that invitation, right? <laughs> but and that was over. We're going to have a com- we're going to have a Communist Party annual <laughs> retreat. What? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> and, but that was because of security concerns, and you yeah. get into that a little bit. Well, for yeah, security concerns by the by the by the Communist Party, because the, the Teslas have got so many cameras, no LIDAR, but they've got plenty of cameras um, where they can take, and, and the, all, of these, all of these shots are going back to, to the mother ship somewhere in, the, somewhere in the US and being processed by their nifty... Um, Gojo. So, yeah, <laughs> artificial intelligence. I love processes. Dojo. I love Dojo. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I, and I, again, I thought this was, was a, an interesting topic, particularly because it doesn't seem that, that anyone in the European Commission has picked this up as being something that's, that's uh, something that they should be concerned about. I mean, those same cars are are floating all around in in, uh, in Europe, taking pictures of everything and every everyone. Just like Google was was going around taking pictures of everything and everyone, and has had to do something, processes the, process those images so that you can you know faces aren't aren't shown and you know certain names aren't shown unless they want to use those. Um, there doesn't seem to be anything that applies to to Tesla. So the point here is that there's a there is there is a country 
um, you know, another for the China enviers, there's a country that actually does something about privacy and it, and it can do, it can do it just like, just like that, you know, no Teslas off the streets, get out of here. All right, now we're gone. You can come back, take all the pictures of everybody else, but you better make sure that you're sending them to us, not, not over, not over there. Yeah, yeah, but the, what about the Baidu cars? Don't the, the Baidu cars and so on have cameras? And in fact, you know, there are cameras all over Mercedes and everybody else these days. And and Mobileye is out there collecting it all over whatever and so on. And in right. London, there are cameras everywhere. And in Stockholm, there are cameras everywhere. They're like cameras. Oh. Oh. Yeah, but there's a difference. There's a yeah. big difference between the cameras that are, you know, looking over the pubs, pubs all around. The, the city all around London versus someone having all of those cameras in their car floating around taking pictures of, of everything. And sooner or later, sooner or later, someone is going to stand up and say, okay, Tesla, you've had your fun. Now the party's over. Um, we have, we actually have laws in Europe. You don't have them there, but we have laws in Europe that say you can't do this. And so you can't do this anymore. And of course he's going to whine and, and, you know, no, you're just, you know, you're just, you just don't want me to be president. That's why you're, you know, that's why you're invading my, my property. You just don't want, you don't want me to be president. Uh, oh, sorry. He's, he's not running for president. He's, he's, he's running, <laughs> he's running for the, he's trying to get his job back as the chairman of the board. Then there's this, uh, GM makes OnStar a mandatory <laughs> option. How do you figure mandatory option? That's why the sick is in the, is in the title. <laughs> Are wheels mandatory option or what? Uh, I, <laughs> well, I, I know Buick, that I, GMC and Cadillac Escalades. And you yeah, well, it's because as a, as a photograph shows, those, those are often combined in a, in a, at a dealership. Those three, it was, you know, it's like Lincoln Mercury, where Lincoln Mercury were sold separately from from, uh, you know, right. yeah. Pontiac, Oldsmobile. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's a it's an oxymoron. You can't. It's you, you just. It, but trying to explain why this, why they're doing this, and how how this has all come about is important again for us to to understand and appreciate that the, the car companies are in a bind because they look at at tesla being able to mint money by getting people to pay for something that doesn't that doesn't work completely i mean twelve thousand. i don't know what the price went up recently going, going up to 15 going up to 15,000 15 g's september 5th i gotta go in and put in my order something. i have to go and put in my order before september 5th <laughs> uh, i'm not i know i i have one friend who i mentioned him earlier he owns a test I'm not sure if he drives it himself. It's in California. I don't think it's in the, I don't think it made the trip out to Notre Dame with him. And we haven't discussed this because we were friends. Uh, so I'm not, you know, if you want to buy a Tesla, you, you let me know what your experience is. I hope you'll keep a diary and, and I can publish it if you'd like. Or you can yeah. publish it yourself on no, your own no, blog. You know, no, that, no. That, yeah, yeah, I might, you know, the diary. Um, um, I, I'm keeping a diary on my current car as to how well it it 
operates with the things that it has actually it's pretty darn good i'm pretty happy with it yeah. you know yeah. uh, but i'm not doing but crazy back to gm, stuff. Back to GM but, and OnStar. yeah let's go back to that yeah okay on start general motors has never quite figured out what what it wants to do when OnStar grows up you know it had a terrific idea in 1996 terrific. and it it's it, it it made that it, it created an entire industry the system actually worked really, really well from day one. They, they considered a lot of things at the same time and everyone tried to copy it, but no one was able to do exactly what they did. And they had it, they had it, you know, it was like the gas tax. They, they built a business model around it, but they kept trying to, to fiddle with it. You know, and they always, somebody came in and they wanted to, to, you know, they wanted to own it or they wanted to change it. Or they wanted to do something with it. And as a result, they still don't know what to do with it. It still works, but to come around and say to the customers, "You have to pay X number of, of dollars for this. Um, you can turn it off, but you still have to pay pay the money for it. You have to keep. You have to take it, even if you don't want it. Um, why not just be honest with people and say it comes with the car, and we've raised the, we've raised the price of the car as a result, as opposed to saying." It's an option, but you have to take it. It it it, it's, it seems to me that it, it must be because they decided to make this a separate profit center or who knows what within General well, Motors. They are doing other things with it as well, trying to make it available to everyone through an app on iPhones, on Android phones, this Guardian app that brings OnStar to you no matter what vehicle you're in. They're tying it yep. into the home now. That you can ask uh, Alexa to to call for help, and it uses OnStar. Sure, but yeah. let let that be the the, the separate business. It, it to me, it seems that this thing could have been such a great customer service thing that they put in the vehicles, and and there's no there's no five hundred bucks a year for that service or something like that. Are you kidding? How do how does it is that the real cost of it? What are you building into that thing to make it that much? Come on, I mean, it, 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 there, there is something. Boy, what, a, what a shame because because they could have scaled this right off the bat. It could have once you distributed it over everywhere, they could have beaten uh, Elon to the to uh, to over the air updating. Okay, they could have they could have kicked his butt before he even started okay yeah, i think but that you know they had this what a was shame. installed their system was installed in every vehicle yeah yeah and the fact that that the car the the, the someone someone decided to go after them because they were still collecting data from the cars even though the the, the people weren't paying for the service anymore but the service was still available if you pressed if the car had a, a crash that you you were serviced by that. I'm I'm not 100% sure of that, but I'm almost 100% sure. And if and if you're in Europe, it had to work. You had to be. So even if you weren't paying for it, it was still being it was still operational, and it had to continue to be operational. Now, uh, General Motors is. You know, we've we've had these discussions before about General Motors and and Ford and comparing themselves in in ways with with Tesla. They just need. They need to have a better view about what they're what they're trying to do 
and and certainly they've missed the boat completely on on OnStar. A couple of other news items uh, to to get to quickly, uh, Alan uh, and Michael. The the autonomous delivery company Gatic has a new pilot program with Pitney Bowes in Dallas that they're going to be using uh, AVs to to transport things. So in that area i guess there's a lot of that going on down south certainly in texas in particular yeah a lot of people want to do it i'm not sure who's doing it you know and in fact it's almost doesn't matter if they're doing it today if the objective is to do it tomorrow great but you know to to have a, a vehicle that has a bunch of gizmos on it uh, still have an attendant and a driver on it it's, uh, you got to get to the point in which you don't have the attendant and driver, okay? Without the chase vehicles and without all the other smoke and mirrors. And hopefully that's what they're doing. Waymo is giving driverless rides in downtown Phoenix now, but to certain people, they, they have what's called a trusted tester program. And they had a something, uh, there was a, a piece about the, the mayor being one of the trusted testers there, there in Phoenix. In other words, everybody who wants a selfie, I guess, whatever. I don't, I, whatever. And the San Francisco Examiner is saying Waymo is withholding data on autonomous vehicle taxi rides in San Francisco. Waymo is seeking to withhold trip level data on its uh, ride hail service in the city, uh, including the pick, off, pick up and drop off locations. Um, they're saying they want to make information about charging stations confidential too. So I'm not sure what's what's going on there. What are they hiding? I mean, Uber and Lyft in New York City have to make uh, make trip level data available, okay, as part of operating. Um, what are they hiding? What are they hiding? Are they providing mobility to people, and and you you want to hide it? I don't. I, doesn't mean you have to tell them who and whatever, but what are they hiding? They, they, may, they may be hiding the fact that they don't have too many. They don't have yeah, a business. That's, probably, that's most likely. Okay? That's and, most likely and, 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 and if they're hiding, they don't have a business, then maybe they should come to someplace where they could have a business. Okay. Like, for example. Like Trenton, Trenton. I'll say, or New Jersey. I mean, we have customers here and we're looking to find somebody who's going to actually serve the customers. And when we serve the customers, we'll let people know who we're serve, uh, not who we're serving, you know, what, where they wanted to come from and go to. This is about mobility, not about LIDAR, SHMIDARs and BIDARs. Okay. Not about dojos, gizmos and wojos. It's about mobility. Okay, and at some point, you know, the 300 and whatever billion that's been vested in this technology is going to have to deliver mobility. Otherwise, the whole thing's going to have to be written off. And there are going to be some very unhappy people with deep pockets who have put in an enormous amount of money in here that are getting that that didn't flip it in time and are going to get roasted. Alan, you also had some have some comments about uh, what GM's president is saying about uh, autonomous vehicles and uh, in San Francisco and uh, I guess elsewhere. Well, I, he's proud that they are doing it in the most difficult place. Actually, they're not. If you want to do it in the most difficult place, go to Manhattan. Okay, 
probably if you're but why start at the most difficult place are you looking to fail really you're not frank okay and who knows how frank got to become frank sinatra okay it wasn't easy for him i don't think all right he started he, in hoboken he, that's a really he, he, sta he, he started in hoboken okay absolutely and i'm saying hey maybe that's where you should look at hoboken all right in a sense again i think it's wonderful they're serving mobility needs in san francisco when mooney doesn't operate in the middle of the night that is a fantastic thing for you to do okay but the rest of it Go down the, the most curvy street in the world. Who cares? Cut it out. Finally, uh, Baidu's Apollo Go service has reached, uh, they say, a million EV autonomous rides in China. They are now charging fees as well. I, I don't know what an EV autonomous drive is. I mean, is, is it mobility <laughs> provided without a driver? So it's really inexpensive. Okay, or do they have an attendant inside and so on? And it's just like taking DD, even more expensive because you have really, you have to put the gizmos on the car. I mean, what are we trying to do here? Michael tried to point, point out with respect to the, the roadway systems and so on. What's the objective? The objective of all this autonomous, autonomous, or whatever autonomous that people call it is to try to provide affordable, equitable, high quality, sustainable mobility to folks. Okay. And if you're doing it, you know, with a, with a computer, with LIDARs and with a driver, huh. And then at least, you know, Too Simple said that when they took the driver out, uh, you know, they had a lead vehicle, chase vehicle, people watching all over the place, said that's not the way to do it either. Because if you do it that no. way, it costs, it costs like 50 bucks a mile. Yeah. Okay. If we're, what are we trying to do here? And let's be clear about it. It's not to be, oh, we got AI, we have Dojo, we have... Um, full da da dee da 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 i mean if you call it self-driving why the need of the word full i mean self means yo i mean look up the definition of self that's like you know full uh, I, 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 what I'm reading from Electric says on August 8th, Apollo Go began fully driverless rides, making it the first to do so in China. Um, I, I don't know the, what full, I don't, might mean. I don't know what autonomous drive is. OK, they haven't defined that. To me, it'd be simple. Hey, you know, there's nobody in the vehicle. You hop in and it's like an elevator. You go and it drops you off. See ya. OK, and there is no whole bunch of people you know, making sure and sweeping up in the front and the back and to do, do, do like, you know, like some Olympic winter Olympic games, you know, you got to sweep up in front, make sure the, <laughs> the stone goes in there. I mean, you don't need that. Come on. We, we, we call in Sweden, the name for par parents that hover, like, you know, hovering <laughs> parents, we call them curling parents. 
curling parents. Yeah, curling parents, because you know the Russian clearing clearing the way for the kids. You know, <laughs> that's a great name. We got them it all is. over Princeton. Oh, oh, yeah. oh my goodness, poor Elizabeth as as dean of dean of students at at Princeton Day School. Oh man, do they have curling parents there? Oh my goodness, it was unbelievable. But but yeah, you're you're right. I mean, if it's if it's if it's curling mobility, no. If it's if it's you know an inexpensive algorithm and an inexpensive computing system that sits there and figures out and, and does it safely and doesn't crash and, and gets you to where you want to go, like you know from between the ground floor and the eight, uh, the eighteenth floor, and you just leave it and say forget about it, that's what we're talking about. Mm. So I don't know what they're talking about, but I doubt it's that. Okay. They can come I on and chat. They that. can come on and chat with us. They could. Anytime. They could come on and and tell us and and say I'm wrong. I, I'm I'm trying to get them to do that. Well, Michael, we want to thank you once again for spending time with us. Always terrific. The website for the dispatcher is michaelsena s-e-n-a dot com. We're happy to have Michael on as always. It's always uh, fun. Hopefully. Uh, um, we haven't um, chatted on too long and uh, love having all of you on there. We're still trying to do this. It is the time to do it. The investment in the technology has been made. It's now time for the technology to deliver some value or else let's move on. Thank you to our sponsor, the Smart ETFs, Smart Transportation and Technology ETF. The ticker symbol for the ETF is MOTO. You can find more info at MOTOETF.com. Technical support is provided by CARTS, the Corporation for Automated Road Transportation Safety, a 501c3 nonprofit dedicated to safe and high-quality mobility for all. You can find us, of course, at SmartDrivingCar.com, on Anchor FM, Spotify, TuneIn, Amazon, wherever you turn to for podcasts. Your smart speaker can play us, too. You can find my tech reports at textination.com. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with Alan Kornhauser. Thank you for spending time with us, listening or watching. Please continue to stay safe. And uh, have a great uh, last weekend of summer or whatever, you know, and uh, we go to September. Happy Labor Day in the U.S. of A. or whatever, maybe much of the world. And, uh, you know, we get back to normal or whatever, hopefully normal in September.